Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Welcome to John chapter 10. I had the scripture on my heart today, and um, uh, just kept coming up yesterday, kept coming up yesterday, and... So we're just going to go with this and um, have some other things written down here, but we'll see where we go. Amen. John chapter 10. Praise God. Just because the song service is over doesn't mean you got to get quiet on me here. Plus they're coming back. You want to be ready when they come back, right? John chapter 10. This is a scripture that we know, and, and I just want to read it to you. In the 10th verse, it says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. You know, this, like I said, the scripture yesterday just, uh, just, just wouldn't go away and just kept coming up and really felt like this is what the Lord would want me to share on today. You know, in life, we face opposition. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. There is opposition that we face. Jesus even told us, you will, you'll, you will face things. And, um, you know, it says here that the thief comes except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I've come that you might have life, and you might have it more abundantly. In life, we face opposition. We have an adversary. The Bible says in 1 Peter, your adversary, the devil, walks around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, but we're to resist him steadfast in the faith, right? So we have an adversary, and his name is the devil. He's real. He does exist, and he is arrayed against us. And... Um, his whole purpose to being here and what he wants to do is to steal, kill, and destroy. And I just want to tell you this morning, I don't know what you're going through or what you face or what your past looks like or what things that you're, you're coming out of, but I want you to know that the thief is the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God never comes to steal, kill, or destroy. Did you hear me? God never comes to steal, kill, or destroy. You know, much of the church world has this confused. They think that, you know, the de- that God, I almost said the devil, but the, that God uses things and brings calamity, brings sickness, brings things against him to try to teach them something, to try to bring some sort of further uh, uh, benefit to him. You know, you've heard my, my, pa- my dad, our pastor, um, tell when he was 11 years old, his uh, dad died, uh, was killed when he was 11 in a freak accident. His dad was a, was a man of God, a godly man, and... Uh, very involved in their church. He was their uh, super school, super or Sunday school superintendent, and very involved and uh, just a, a great man. Had a great reputation, a man of faith, a man who loved God, and was training his family well. Well, he died in a freak accident when my dad was eleven, and uh, you know how many know that that's not God's will that that someone's father is taken at the age of eleven years old. That that's just crazy. But you know you you know my dad's testimony that. Uh, in his teenage years, you know, he basically went went off the deep end, so to speak. He got involved in all kinds of stuff he ought not be involved in. Basically, divorced the church, divorced God, wanted nothing to do with God. And really, if you ask him, it comes back to, to that moment in his life when tragedy happened in his life, and tragedy happened in his family, that people meaning well, meaning trying to mean well, trying to bring comfort, told him that, you know, that God looked down and saw your dad and, and he wanted another flower in his garden. He wanted another angel singing in the, in the choir. And so, he, you know, he came and he took your dad and, 
trying to comfort him as though there was some sort of reason behind it that God did this to, for some kind of good. You know, it just turned my dad completely against the Lord at that point. I mean, if, if, if God will, will try, would try to ruin my family, take my dad from me at such a young age, I want nothing to do with him. And, you know, it's that kind of logic and that kind of uh, really, it's a doctrine of demons is what it is. It's a lie straight from the pit of hell. It's a lie that many people have bought into that the God does these things and people try to, they think it's to bring encouragement. Really all it does, it erodes someone's trust in God. It erodes their ability to look to him and really it furthers the enemy's plan which is to steal, kill and destroy. Yes, there was a reason why my, my grandfather was killed at a young age and I don't know all the details and, and to be honest with you, at this point it doesn't really matter. I appreciate something that Christopher said last week and Keith Hershey said several weeks ago, you know, you, when you look around, you see the stuff that goes on. You know, people want to, want to know, well, why does, why does this happen? Why does that happen? Sometimes, you know, I, sometimes the best answer is I don't know. You know, sometimes saying I don't know is better than giving a false answer as though God had something he wanted to, he was wanting a flower for his garden. How ridiculous is that? God doesn't do that sort of thing. There was a reason that my grandfather passed away at, at, at a young age. He was my age. He was 41, 40, 41, 42 years old in that age. And so, uh, you know, I have kids that are similar age. I can't imagine being taken from my kids. And there was a reason, all the details behind it, you know, I don't know. I do know God's faithful. I'm sure God was trying to get his attention or get somebody else's attention. But, you know, regardless, the reason was the enemy did it. It, it was the enemy. The enemy was able to gain entrance and to steal, kill, and destroy. You know, in our lives, things happen. The enemy comes to, to try to bring things, in, and we all go through things. We all face things, and, and if we're going to live on this earth until Jesus comes back, and now after Jesus comes back, it'll be a different ballgame. But while we're here, we will face opposition. We'll face opposition. And how you recognize that opposition, how you see it, and then how you respond to it really determines what, what, what kind of, what God's able to do. You know, sometimes people think God does things because he's got this incredible ability to turn bad situations around for our good. It's uncanny how well he can do that. He can take some, something that's bad and turn it around for our benefit and work it for our good. That doesn't mean he was behind it. That just means he's just that good that even the devil's best, he can still turn it around to be a blessing in your life. Now, it would have been a better blessing that my grandfather had not passed away. It would have been a bigger blessing in the things that happen in your life, the opposition that you're faced with. Yeah, you know, it, 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 we're not glorifying the devil, but God's got an ability to turn stuff around. But don't think that ability to turn something around is his endorsement of it. It's not. See, one of the, the, the first thing that, that is important is you have to recognize the source of your opposition. Recognize the source of your opposition. How about this? Recognize the source of your past opposition. So, so often things have happened to people in their past that, that is something that the enemy did in their life. And because they don't recognize where it came from, they're not able to respond in the right way. And that tragedy, that loss, that thing that happened, that disappointment, ends up holding people for years in a place that God never intended them to be. You have to recognize where did this come from? What is the source of this thing? Let me tell you something. God is a good God and the devil's a bad devil. 
I know that's basic, but that is something you have got to establish. I don't care what it is. If something comes along your way that does not line up with the promises of God and the nature that Jesus revealed. Listen, he came to do the will of his father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen my father. There's not one place in the New Testament where Jesus ever did anything bad to anybody. He healed everybody. He didn't put disease on people. He didn't wreck homes. He restored homes. See, it's important we recognize where things come from. We have to recognize where things come from. If you can't recognize the source, you definitely can't recognize your answer. Right? So you have to recognize where these things come from. Can I just say this? The devil's defeated. As a side note. I want everybody to think we're glorifying the devil. He's defeated. I said he's defeated. Go with me over to, um, uh, we'll, we'll just look at this. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God is Jesus come that you might have life and have it more abundant. That word life is Zoe. It's the life of God. You can say it this way. It's the life that God enjoys. God, Jesus came so you could have life, have things added to it. You know, by nature, God is a giver. By nature, God's a giver. Everything about him is a giver. He's a giver every area. Scripture in Matthew uh, chapter 11 says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Notice, I will give you rest. That means you didn't have it before, but he'll give it to you. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Of course, we know John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believed in him would have everlasting life. Notice, he loved so that he gave. I just want you to see this in case you have any question. God's a giver. The enemy's a stealer. God's a giver. You have to recognize who's involved, what's going on. God's a, a giver. The enemy's a stealer, right? We know in uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, I has not seen nor ear heard nor entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. He wants to do nothing but to impart good things into your life. Are we established on that? He wants to impart good things in your life. You have to recognize the source. Amen. Go with me over to Philippians chapter 4. Just three things that I, that, I, that I had on my heart here this morning. Recognize the source of your opposition first and foremost. But in Philippians chapter 4, we see something here that, that gives us insight. Because, you know, we like I said, opposition comes and things come. And, and uh, while we're here, you know, people don't realize every person ever born was born into a battle. Every person, person ever born in this earth has been born into a battle. We're at war. If you realize that, we're involved in a war between the family or the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. And so we have to be aware of the fact that we're in a battle and respond to things the right way. But here it says, uh, Paul was writing. In verse 4, he said, uh, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Now, Paul wrote this. If you know anything about the book of Philippians, this is considered, this is one of the prison epistles that Paul wrote. Paul, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago when I was talking about just, you know, uh, about rejoicing or, or I don't know exactly what I was talking about. But uh, Paul wrote this from the midst, middle of a dungeon. How many of you think that that's, that's going through a trial when you're in a dungeon? I mean, you know, he, he, wasn't in, he wasn't in a, he wasn't even a jail cell that we think of today. He was in a dungeon. You can go online and look at the pictures. No windows. It was, it was a disgusting place, underground. It was awful. And he said, rejoice in the Lord always. 
And again, I say rejoice. Remember, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You have to recognize the source of your trouble. But number two, you have to learn to rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. You're not rejoicing for the trouble. You're not rejoicing for the issue or the pain. You're rejoicing because you have something greater than that living on the inside of you. I'm trying to help you this morning. Because if you're not going through something now, if you haven't gone through something before, you will go through something later. And what, when the effect it does, notice the Bible in Psalm says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That doesn't say you won't, won't walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But whether you walk through or you camp out there and stay in the valley depends on your ability to, to rejoice to recognize your problem and to realize that there's a greater reality on the inside of you than what's going on on the outside, right? He said, rejoice in the Lord always and again, I say, after you've done it always and again, I say, rejoice. Rejoice and then again, rejoice. Well, that didn't make any sense, Pastor Greg. In the midst of trouble, I ought to rejoice. Let, I tell you what, the way the things of God work don't make sense to man. The, thing, the, way, the things that make sense to man keep you in the dungeon, keep you in despair, keep you in a place where that, that stealing, killing, and destroying is still affecting your life. But if you recognize and respond the right way, God wants to get you out of that. He's given us everything we need. But how you respond, how you respond to those things, how you respond to those things is everything. It's everything. It's everything. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That word rejoice, uh, I, I looked it up in, in the, uh, it's a, the Greek word is charo. I can't, uh, I don't know how you pronounce that, C-H-A-I-R-O. And Adam, uh, the Adam Clark commentary of this describes what this word, rejoicing. He said, the following are grounds and occasions for rejoicing on the part of a believer. See, well, I'm going through something, I don't know how I can rejoice. I'm going through a situation. I don't know how I can rejoice. He said, this, this word rejoice that Paul said, this is the foundation of your rejoicing. <laughs> On the part of a believer, you can rejoice in, in his incarnation, in Jesus' birth, him becoming flesh and dwelling amongst us. I'm going through something. You can rejoice because Jesus came and became flesh like you and I. That's actually really good, y'all. <laughs> You can rejoice mm, in his power, in the fact that Jesus is present with the Father, and he's also present with you. <laughs> well, I'm going through something. You can rejoice because he's present with the Father, and he's also present with you. In the midst of whatever's going on, you can rejoice because, yeah, he's present with the Father, but he's also present with you. <laughs> you can rejoice in his ultimate triumph. You can rejoice in hearing the gospel. 
Can I just say this? Sometimes the, the, the most important person to hear the gospel from is for, from yourself. <laughs> you can rejoice in the fact that you've heard the gospel and your mouth ain't broke. You can hear it again. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. You don't need your pastor to show up to give you the gospel. It's in you. The word is in you. It's even on your lips. Speak that thing out. Rejoice. Hallelujah. The greater one lives on the inside of me. I'm ahead. I'm, I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. With long life will he satisfy and show me his salvation. What are you doing? You, you, you're rejoicing over the gospel in your life. <laughs> you can rejoice over your salvation. Paul, from the middle of a jail, middle of a dungeon, was rejoicing in his salvation. He was aware of it. it wasn't just for tomorrow. It was for right then. He was rejoicing in his salvation. Rejoice in receiving the Lord. You can rejoice in your enrollment in heaven. <laughs> that ought to make you happy, right? <laughs> I'm reminded of what Jesus said, that the, the 70 came back and said, even, the, even demons are subject to us in your name. Notice he didn't, I'll just say this as a side thought. He didn't correct them. No, they're not subject to you. They're subject to me through you. No, he, he didn't correct them. They were subject to them. Chew on that, right? The demon's actually subject to them in his name, yes. He said, don't rejoice over that. He said, rejoice that your name is written in heaven. <laughs> well, you can rejoice in your liberty in Christ, your hope, the prospect of reward. You can even rejoice over the obedience and godly con conduct of fellow believers. I tell you what, when you're going through, when somebody's going through trials, don't think for a minute your testimony, your presence, your word of encouragement, your prayers doesn't do something. That's why we encourage people to be in church, be involved in your local family, be involved in the place God has set you. Because your testimony, your word, when somebody's going through something, Paul rejoiced. Part of his, his rejoicing was in the obedience and godly conduct of his fellow believers. It caused rejoicing on the inside. Rejoicing is huge. So rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Verse 5 of Philippians chapter 4 says, Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Verse 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Listen, whatever it is you're going through, talk to the Lord about it. Duh. I mean, I've done this for a long time. People start going through stuff. The last person they want to talk to is God. Anybody been there before? <laughs> Jackie said, not in a long time. <laughs> but we've all been there, haven't we? When something's going on, you just kind of want to hide out. No, run to the Lord. Make your request be made known with supplication, prayer, and thanksgiving. It goes on to say, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The last thing would be to control your thoughts. It goes on to say, finally, brethren, whatever things are pure, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, 
Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Listen, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's come that you might have life. Recognize it. (laughs) Recognize where it's coming from. Make the decision to rejoice in all situations. Right? I'm I'm not trying to help you how to get out of something. Can I say this? Sometimes even our problems aren't aren't the devil, it's us. Let's guide us into something. But you know, if you'll do this, it'll even work if you got yourself into a situation. <laughs> God's, he, God's big enough to even k- take care of your problems and the, th- and your, the mistakes that you've gotten yourself into. Recognize it. Learn to praise Him. Give thanks. Rejoice in all things. Right? What was the third one? Ask. What was number four? Huh? Number four? I just read it. What was that? I got to look myself. Yeah, control what you think, where your thoughts go. Let's, let's all stand up. It's 11.20. Might be my shortest message ever, I don't know. Well, that was what was on my heart. Oh, oh Sister Edna, she's happy. It was our shortest ever. <laughs> you know, it's important. We just, whatever the Lord puts on our heart to share, we do that and not add anything to it. Listen, if, if you're going through some stuff or you've gone through some stuff that's just been nagging you, the Lord wants to, wants to set you free. He wants to come alongside and help you. Listen, He doesn't want you carrying these things on your own. He doesn't want you trying to do this in and of yourself. Listen, you've got, if you're in Christ, you have better options than that. If you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, you, you have something better you can, you can use, right? You have something better that you can rely upon. He wants to help you. The question is, do do, do you want to be free? Do you really want to be free? I'm convinced some people really don't want to be free. Because being free sometimes requires you to do something with yourself. (laughs) Right? It requires we do something with ourselves. And so people really don't want that sometimes. We've got family that really don't want to be healed. They just want sympathy. God's provided it for them, but if you want, if you want people's sympathy, then you, want, you don't want Jesus' liberty. Right? See, really, when you talk about this kind of stuff, you have to really analyze where you're coming from. And look at, look at yourself, you know. What am I doing? Why is this going on? Listen, it, it, when, when things come, it... If you're not passing through the other side, you need to examine what's happening, right? If you're not steadily making progress getting through this thing and and gaining more of the victory and experiencing more of the victory that God has provided, you need to examine then what what, what are we doing? Because God never fails. I said he never fails. So what do you want this morning? Do you want to be free? Do you want his help? I don't know what you're going through. I believe this was for somebody or multiple people this morning. I don't know what's going on in your life. God's not your problem. He's your answer. Amen.
Hallelujah. Father, we love you. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.